Well, let me just pray, and then Brent's going to come and bring some encouragement from God's Word as we look into a whole new year. And so, Father in heaven, we want to thank you today for your great love for us that you've demonstrated as we celebrated at Christmas of Jesus coming and coming to uh, deal with sin and to bring us uh, redemption, to know you and to restore us into relationship with you. And we thank you this morning for your church family, and we thank you for every person here today. And God, as we enter this new year, Lord, we look to you. Lord, we trust you. We want to follow you. We want to be about your purposes and plans. So everything that we've been talking about, God, we are doing it because we believe that's what you've spoken and we're trying to be obedient to you. So we ask for your help, Lord, that as we make disciples of all nations, Lord, that you would help us in all these things. And Lord, we pray that we just speak through Brent as he opens up your word, open our hearts to receive it and to apply it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Brent. Yep. Hey guys, good morning everyone. So my name is Brent Smith. If you're new here, I'm one of the leaders at Christ Central. And uh, so we're just going to jump right into it. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. And uh, we're going to look at more one of the more uh, application-heavy sections of Hebrews. And so we could really do three or more sermons from this passage. Uh, but we're going to do it in one. And we're going to blaze right through it. So... You've got to stay focused here and because uh, we're going to attempt to get a lot of stuff in us in a very short amount of time. So I'm ready to go. It's a new year. It's Sunday. We've had a great morning. I made a slide to make Mark and Debbie feel comfortable. Brought a little England for the morning. Okay. So one thing you'll notice when we read through this thinking of where we're at in our calendar, is that the passage that, we, that we're going to read this morning reads a lot like a New Year's resolution list, okay? So one of the greatest things about New Year's, and you've probably seen it already, it's my favorite by far, is the New Year's resolution Facebook post. If you've seen that, it, it makes the claim of this is how you will have a better year and live a better life in 2014, and it contains things like Read more, play more, work more, play more, sleep more, spend more time alone in silence, spend more time with your family, uh, and a lot of more mores, more, more, more mores. And then somewhere in there, like number 17, is don't overdo it, know your limits. So (laughs) thank goodness for number 17, because now I don't have to live much differently than 2013. Thankfully, we have a, a different list this morning, uh, Hebrews ten, nineteen. Here we go. <clears throat> Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God. And so that is, is a summary of, of this doctrine that the author of Hebrews has been breaking down for us since like Hebrews 2, okay? He's been always coming back to Jesus as our high priest and what he's done for us. And so he's saying, therefore, in light of everything that Jesus has done, in light of everything that Jesus provides for us as our high priest, as Gord showed us last week, the death of Jesus on the cross gives us access into God's presence. Through the death of Jesus, we have a backstage pass, if you will, into the presence of God, okay? So we saw last week the curtain 
which uh, in Jewish history says it was as thick as the width of your hand that hung in the temple that separated the people from the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. Okay, we looked at that all last week. And when Jesus, it says, through his flesh, when his flesh was torn on the cross, the curtain was torn in the temple to symbolize we now have free access to the presence of God. And it's so free and so unhindered and so open that we can now come with confidence and with boldness into the presence of the sovereign king of the universe. So you get your mind around that. You get a hold of that, okay? Graphs that you can come into the presence of Almighty King Jesus, of Almighty God, and enjoy all the things that He is. That's what's available to us. The presence and the closeness of Almighty God is available to you through Jesus. So since we have that free access, since we have Jesus as our high priest forever making intercession for us, then verse 22 starts with let us. And we have three let us's as we go down through that section. Okay, So in light of that glorious truth of what Jesus has done for us as our high priest on the cross, therefore, and then we have three applications that follow. And so verses 22 to 25 is like our resolution list for 2014. Okay? Here we go. 22. <clears throat> Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we have three things. Let us draw near, let us hold fast, and let us stir up. Draw near, hold fast, stir up. We'll look at each one, and then we'll tie it off on the end. Okay? I'm going to try to go as, as quick as I can. So, the first one is simple. If we're able to draw near because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because he ripped the curtain and made the access into God's presence available to us, the first application is very simple. If we're able to draw near, draw near. Okay? The presence and closeness of God is available to us but we fiddle around with such stupid little things and rarely take advantage of that privilege. We're either too tired, having too much fun, too depressed, too busy trying to fulfill our Facebook New Year's resolution list, too, 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 anything other than drawing near to the presence of God. The way has been opened and secured for us through Jesus to come into God's presence and enjoy His goodness and His peace and His joy and His grace and His love. And yet, we seldom draw near. We have the backstage pass hanging around our neck, but we're content to watch the show from the balcony. 
It's too much work to walk up to the stage. I don't know if I could fit it around all the other things that I'm doing. If I wanted to go backstage, I might stay up too late. It really wouldn't be convenient for me right now. I might not be able to get done all the things that I want to do. None of those things would come out of your mouth if you had a backstage pass to go to whatever weird little band that you like. If you had full access, not to just go to your favorite team's game, but to sit in the locker room, to be with the players before the game, to hear the coach give the pregame speech, to stand beside the coach on the sideline, you would take full access of that privilege. You wouldn't take it for granted. You would want to be a part of the action. But how many of us utilize the full value of the privilege we have through Jesus of closeness to God, of access into his presence. And there's a lot of things we could pull out of the description of how we are to draw near, but let's just look at the first one. It says that we're to draw near with a true heart. Draw near to God with a true heart or a sincere heart. It means your action of drawing near to God comes from genuine feelings for God. You're not playing games. You're not putting up a good front. You're drawing near to God because you see that more than anything else, He is worthy of drawing near to. A true heart doesn't draw near to God out of ritual or tradition. It doesn't come with, to God with stipulations or restrictions. I'll draw near to you, God. Now you fix this. In my life, you heal this. You do this. As if God ran the great barter shop in the sky. It comes with a true, genuine heart out of genuine feelings for Almighty God. In the next 360 days, there's going to be a lot of things calling for your attention, your energy, hundreds of things pleading for you to draw near to. All promising great things in return, but only one can deliver on the promise that it makes. And God says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. The way has been opened through Jesus. We have that privilege. And God says, draw near to me. And when we come to him, it says in Hebrews that we will receive grace and mercy in our time of need. It says that when we draw near to him, he is able to save us to the uttermost. It says that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And that's just in Hebrews. Those are just three, three privileges of drawing near to God just in Hebrews. Even though we were once far off, we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So will we take advantage of that privilege? Or are we content to sit in the balcony and watch from afar? Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. <clears throat> the second thing is we need to hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast to all that we say we believe about Christ and his work. Let us hold fast to all the things that if we let go and lost would leave us with a hopeless, pointless useless life. 
Let us hold fast to the confession that God, being rich in mercy because of His great love toward us, even though we were dead in sin, made us alive together in Christ. Let us hold fast to that confession. Let us hold fast to the confession that because God gave up His Son, He will now give us all good things. Let us hold fast to that confession. Let us hold fast to the confession that Jesus will return one day to be marveled at by all who believed and save all those who were eagerly waiting for His appearance. Let us hold fast to that confession. We want to hold fast to the confession of that hope. And why? Why can we hold on to those confessions? Because He who promised is faithful. The reason that we can persevere as Christians is because of the solid truth that God will come good on every promise that He makes. So I don't know what 2014 will bring for us, but I know this, God will not fail us in 2014. His trustworthiness will not waver in the next 360 days. Many people will fail us Many things will not turn out the way that we expected or how we wanted them to, but we can hold fast because God will not fail us. His faithfulness will not run dry in 2014. And some of you could have a year ahead of you that you are completely unprepared for. But no matter what kind of year lies ahead of you, no matter what difficulties you might face. You can hold on to your hope that as a Christian, your best days are always ahead of you. Because He who promised is faithful. Your circumstances might change, but God does not change. And He will not change in 2014. There will be times of discouragement. There will be difficult times. Times when you feel like giving up. Times when it will appear like it will be easier to let go and not hold on, that that will give you the best way forward. And in those times, we need to see the faithfulness of an all-powerful, all-wise, all-loving God who comes good on every promise that He makes. We need to see a God who has proven Himself faithful to His people for generation after generation after generation. If you want some uh, practical advice on how to hold fast to the confession of your hope without, ma- without wavering, one of the key things is memorizing and meditating on the Word of God. To get in the habit of being in wonder over the promises of God throughout your day. And so to that end, I've put on the uh, welcome table a, a memory plan, a Bible memory plan for busy people that I hope I encourage you to pick up. And it runs from the 1st of January to the end of April. We did the Bible reading plan last January. We've got eight, sec- eight passages from Hebrews to memorize, one every two weeks. There's tips on the back on how to do it. Get into it. I encourage you. Because it just might be that 
those verses that you get inside you this winter prepares you for a summer that you didn't know was coming. And you might need those verses to hold fast come July. Okay? Draw near, hold fast. And the last one, verse 24. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we have drawing near to God in faith, holding fast to our hope and stirring up in love. If you've been in the church for a while, those three words probably stand out to you. Okay? Faith, hope, and love. We are not in this alone. And one of the worst things you can do this year is just focus on yourself. It's not just about you drawing near. It's not just about you holding fast. You're commanded by God to look around this room and think deeply about how you can stir each other up to love and good works. How you can motivate each other to actively express love through good works. So in the year that lies ahead, our focus shouldn't just be on our own spiritual growth, on our own walk with Jesus. You're responsible not just for you, you carry a responsibility before God to encourage each other, to warn each other about sin, to remind each other about who God is and what He has done. And the context that this takes place is in meeting together. And that's why He says, don't neglect to meet together. We need to be coming together. If you regularly attend the Sunday morning meeting, this truth probably became very evident to you in December when two back-to-back services were canceled and we didn't meet together for a long time. And even though you might not have seen it, you probably felt it. You missed that encouragement. You, were, you lost a bit in your spiritual growth. You weren't stirred up into love and good works. It was harder to hold fast. It was more of a struggle to draw near. But some of you don't attend regularly, and you're included in the sum in that verse, as is the habit of some. It has been your habit to neglect meeting together. Any difficulty or setback will do as an excuse not to come. There's no resolve. And when you go into the weekend with that mindset, Saturday has a funny way of happily giving you some reasons not to come on Sunday morning. Instead, as difficulties arise, we need to make a more focused effort to meet together. And so, if you work on Sunday morning, get to tag, get to life group, call a friend, go for a walk, talk, encourage each other. We need to be meeting together and encouraging one another up into love and good works. John Wesley said, there's nothing as unchristian as a solitary Christian. Isolation leads to death. Just ask the gazelle on the Discovery Channel. Okay? John Wesley didn't say that part. That was me. But we need to be encouraging each other and all the more as we see the day approaching. 
the closer we get to standing before Jesus Christ, our encouragement and our stirring up of each other and our taking care of each other's spiritual needs needs to be revving up and not slowing down. Okay? So 2014 came. Great. That means we're one year closer to the return of Jesus Christ. You're one day closer to life you have here on earth. So Jesus' day is approaching and your day is approaching. And neither of us know when that will happen. None of us are guaranteed to see the end of 2014. Your day and Jesus' day is drawing nearer with every day that passes. And so don't downshift. Don't become slack. You can retire from a lot of things in this world, but do not retire from encouraging one another and stirring each other up into love and good works. And meeting together as Christians to encourage each other. So one last thing. We're already at the conclusion. One last thing. This doesn't happen because you make one big decision on January 1 or January 5th today. It doesn't come to pass because you make a one-time declaration that you will draw near to God when the world calls for your attention. You will hold fast to the promises of God when doubts arise, when your circumstances change, that you will turn away from isolation and selfish living to look after the needs of others. It happens by making thousands and thousands and thousands of decisions, little everyday decisions throughout 2014. Every day this year, you'll be faced with hundreds of choices to draw near to God or to look elsewhere, to hold fast to truth or to doubt in the faithfulness of God, to live for yourself or to live for others. And they'll be small, sometimes unnoticeable, scattered throughout your run-of-the-mill day. New Year's resolutions are fine, but we also need to make driving-to-work resolutions, getting ready for school resolutions, sitting in the locker room resolutions, talking to your annoying coworker resolutions, packing lunch resolutions, studying for exam resolutions. Not just New Year's resolutions. Saturday morning resolutions. We need to make thousands and thousands and thousands of resolutions to draw near to God, to hold fast to His promises despite our circumstances, to look after each other and encourage each other. Thousands of them. And it doesn't come from making one big, loud declaration one big loud resolution on January 5th. It comes from making thousands of under your breath resolutions on January 6th and 7th and 8th and 9th and throughout the year. That's what the Christian life is. One more thing, and this is, we'll finish here. So if the band wants to come up, they can come. I just want to show you a verse from Second Thessalonians. That gives us a good framework for 
these resolutions and any resolution you make, okay? 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 says, To this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, big key right there, that God may fulfill every one of your resolves for good by His power. It's not about your power and your strength and your determination. It's about the great power of God. And Paul says to the Thessalonians that his prayer is that in all their resolves for good, God may fulfill those by His power. It also says that the goal of your resolution is the glory of Jesus, not your glory. Okay? You should memorize those verses, not so that you can be known as the guy who has a lot of verses memorized, but so that Jesus can be glorified in your life. Okay? And the last one, according to the grace of God. When you make a resolution to do these things, to stand firm, it has to be according to grace because I guarantee you, you will fail. You will not draw near. You will not hold fast. You will look after yourself and not the person beside you at times in 2014. And if your resolution to do good is not according to the grace of God, your failure will be devastating instead of a celebration of the greatness of God's grace on your life. Okay? We hold fast. We draw near. We stir each other up in God's power for the glory of Jesus and according to God's great grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for who You are, for Your goodness to us. We thank You for another year where we can enjoy Your goodness on this earth, Your peace and Your joy. <clears throat> we thank You for another year uh, with this church and Your blessing on it. And uh, we just pray, Father, as we look ahead to this year, we want to, by Your power, Uh, for the glory of Jesus and according to your grace, draw near to you. Uh, Whenever we're presented, uh, whenever the world uh, calls for our attention and we are tempted to draw near to many other things, we pray, Father, that you would help us by your power to draw near to your presence and nowhere else. We want to hold fast, Father, to your promises. We thank you that you who promised are faithful and you've been faithful and you will be faithful And we stand on that. So when doubts arise and worry rises and stress rises, we want to stand on your promises and hold fast to the confession of our hope. And Father, we want to not just live to ourselves. By your power, we want to stir each other up so that you, your son can get even more greater glory uh, from from this uh, church family uh, than we could separately. We don't want to live isolated lives. We want to join together as the body for your glory. We just thank you so much, Father, for all that you've done for us, all that you will do. Your name be glorified. Amen.